from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. France is up on Morocco, one nothing in the 74th minute. How you feeling, Joe? I feel good. Feel good? All right. Morocco is a lot better than I thought they were. I'm not going to lie to you. Not going to lie to you. I'm a I'm a soccer amateur. I when it comes to gambling, honest, oh, when it comes to gambling, I'm sitting here like, how yeah. would you know? Like, how much Morocco did you watch this year? None. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> oh, he was checking tape. Don't I watch the game. All this is for everything. Yeah, I watch the games and I trust what I see. Sure. And this is going to sound very very obvious. Mm-hmm. Mbappe, who is the leading scorer in the tournament, <laughs> in my opinion, and I know there's Messi fans out there. Mbappe's it, good. Is the best player in the world. What? So I'm like, huh. Now, wait a second. You know, my France is really, really good. The good teams are good. Wow. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, I, I I judge. Yeah, exactly. Key analysis. Exactly. Key analysis from Julia. Well, I, I could give you just as hard-hitting analysis when it comes to soccer. I base my thoughts on which teams are good when it comes to does the team have the guy that everybody all caps tweets during. Okay. A, like a during the English Premier League Saturday. Yeah, or Sunday. do they have a player I've heard of? It's not even that. It's like, do people freak out when this dude just hits? He steps funny. Oh my god! And it's all like Mbappe, all caps, exclamation points. I'm like, okay, they have that guy. I like their chances. Let's answer some Hey Joe questions. Joe cracked the door. Uh. First one comes from Apple. Hey, Joe, are the Canes good, actually? <laughs> yes. The Canes are actually pretty damn impressive if you put their season to this point in context. Uh, they've dealt with some injuries before the season, like Max Pacioretty, who they should be getting back, I guess, at some point here in the near future, or you know, early next year. Uh, you don't have Tara Vinen for a good chunk. He comes back, and oh, yeah, Sebastian Ajo is out with injury, right? Then Freddie Anderson gets hurt and Auntie Ranta gets hurt and Peter Kochekov comes in and has really been uh, the reason why the Canes have been uh, essentially scrapping by the way that they have. They've played 10 overtime games this season. Uh, I think they're what six, one and three over the last uh, over the last 10 games. But anyway, so the point is the Canes are good and they're going to get better when they get all these bodies back. That's the important part. I kind of love that Marty Natchez is having the year that he's having, too. Mm-hmm. You know? I know a lot of people in the middle of last year when he was struggling the way that he was, was eh, let's get rid of him. You know, we, we can we can go out, you know, your hero syndrome. We'll, we'll just go out and sign, you know, Wayne Gretzky. Right? Sure. sure. Um, but he's a talented player. He has something that you can't, you know, you, it's hard to trade for. It's, out, it's hard to buy on the free agent market. And props to Don Waddell for handling the situation that he did. And, of course, Props to Rod Brendamore for unlocking the talent in Natchez that they that they knew all along that he had. Next up. From Kinchin. Hey, Joe, is it beanie or toboggan? It's whatever you want to call it, man. It's whatever you want to call I, it. You know, I never used either growing up because I, just, I would just call them hat or a wool hat. I would never call it either. Knit cap? Yeah, but even that seems oddly specific. Yeah. You know? Now I was in New Jersey and you actually needed a hat. So it was kind of like, hey, do you have a hat? Like, you need one. 
And it was never, do you have a wool hat? It was just, do you have a hat? Do you have a hat? Yeah, I guess that makes your hat sense. Glo- Normally it would go, do you have your hat and gloves? That's something your no, mom yeah, or your yeah, grandma that would makes say. makes total sense. Do you have your hat and gloves? It was never like, do you have your beanie? Do you have your toboggan? Like, toboggan to me is a sled. I did, mm-hmm. did, What Canada calls them toques? Toques. 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 Okay. Yeah. Now, this is a little bit like culture, right? Like mm-hmm. here in North Carolina, we probably could tell you lots of different things about barbecue, like in minute detail, right? But then grow up in South Florida, you would have barbecues <laughs> right people, you know that's that's what, I what i'm getting at is yeah. in canada yeah kind of like italians have five million varieties of pasta like they probably do get very specific well about yeah. what they're gonna put on their heads funny. when it's freezing ass cold all the time it's funny you mentioned that because like the first time i became aware of these types of things and went to new york like as an adult and you're like wait a minute it's just it's not all marinara <laughs> right you mean there's various forms of red sauce hmm. with very what uh-uh. What is this Sunday gravy you speak of? It's got stuff in it. It's got like what is this mystery meat that you speak of? <laughs> yeah. it's got all the, the rib th- meat. It's got all the things in there, huh? Sim, why did I, why did I ever not have Sunday gravy? Right. Anyway, uh, man, look, it's whatever you want to call it. It's all cultural. Um, I usually call it a beanie or a knit cap because yeah, I grew up in South Florida. If you say hat, I'm thinking a baseball cap. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. So, and I usually, like, I got my Durham Bulls one that I wear on a daily morning basis this time of the year because I haven't individually placed my hairs over my head to cover up what's left. So I just throw the beanie on. I'm I'm coming home soon. Coming home soon. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com. Next up. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. It's true. It's true, man. It's true. From Ben. Hey, Joe, best point guard in the triangle? (sighs) Pretty good choices, actually. There are some good choices. I mean... Roach has been the bus driver for Duke, and he's a little bit hurt right now. To me, the... I know he didn't play against Maryland Eastern Shore, wherever they call that school. Um, You miss... Yeah. I I would I I would say Roach to this point. That would be my first answer. Joiner has been very good. Mm-hmm. Do we consider R.J. Davis or Caleb Love Carolina's point guard? I would go with Caleb Love. Really? Yeah, I would go with Caleb Love. Hmm. I, well, they've both struggled, so it's not one of them right now. That doesn't mean it can't change. Can't just, change. That's not so far. It hasn't been the reason one why of them. I say Caleb Love because I feel like he's I, well. He initiates I, more of the offense. I get. I I get the tradi- the traditional, but that was my point. Like he's the one that has to. He's if it flows through him and he is conducive to that, then usually the targets will be pretty good. Cox, oh, you can't give me a, a sounder that my team now. scored two nothing though. Holy! I'm counting on you. Next up, didn't realize that you wanted a sounder. Oh, I just needed to be alert. Uh, was it my guy, too? No. No? Okay. All right. Next up. <laughs> France scored. Fo- it's fo- 2 Focus, Joe. Yeah, come on. I focus. can focus now. No, it's 2 It's right. over. You're good. Focus. Cash it. Okay. Let's go. Next up. From Mark. Hey, Joe. Outside of the college football playoff, which bowl game would you want to play in most? I'm between the Hawaii Bowl and the Bahamas Bowl. Football in paradise. Yeah, but I want to go to paradise. That's the thing. Yeah, like, we want to play football there. I don't want. Yeah, I want to go to the beach. I, I want to go. Definitely to see don't want to play in the Fenway Bowl. I definitely don't want to play in the Yankee Bowl. 
No. Pinstripe Bowl? My yeah. answer my answer has been and always will be the Tex the the Sun Bowl in El Paso. Okay. The For community the, really embraces that the, game. The community embraces it and the salsa. Like apparently the Mexican restaurants there are off the charts. So I want to go to El Paso. I want to go to the Kentucky Iowa Sickos Bowl this year. <clears throat> Kentucky's down to like their eighth string quarterback. It's be brutal, man. Iowa's offense is terrible anyway. Yeah, so give me somewhere quirky that you would have no other reason to go. That that's the beauty okay. of a bowl game. Get me get me somewhere that I have would otherwise have no reason to go. Patrick Stevens went to the uh, Boise Bowl, the Potato Bowl. Oh, I would yeah. go to that because he was like, yeah, uh, when am I ever going to go to Boise for any other reason? It makes total sense to me. Next up, whoa, like all the bowl games in Jacksonville yeah. from Danville, uh, from Dango. Hey, hey. hey. The Chili's on the Riverwalk in Jacksonville is top-notch. Anyway. From Daniel, hey, Joe, how is Jillio's hashtag fantasy football team? We need updates. Yes. Well, you got, in in the, you got into the playoffs over me. All right, so I don't, yeah, I I don't know why we want to talk about the league that has no money. I would like to talk about the league that has money, Oh, my Joey Burrow team. Yeah. I, there are six teams that make the playoffs. I was the sixth, even though all the, the num- first-place team was – Nine and four. Everyone else was eight and five, and I made the playoffs. So I was very happy about that. Got to do it. Got to got to make it work. Now this is where DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. This is where I need mm-hmm. Sam Darnold and Ben McAdoo. I need you to throw the ball to <laughs> DJ Moore, please, pretty please, with uh, sugar on top. I'm proud of myself. And that. no more Raheem Blackshear, please. All Deontay Foreman, pretty please. I'm proud of myself. In the in the Big Five, how did it go? I was the best of the worst teams. Okay, so I'm, I'm I have I have a bye week into the cons- consolation on the consolation racket. ladder. <laughs> yeah. Next up, how you doing? All right, from Micah. Hey Joe, what's the over under on the total amount of Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes y'all could consume during one show? Hashtag Jesus birthday cake. Ooh, that wow. is Jesus's birthday cake. Um, Does you want to try all three of us? No, you know I have issues. Yeah, you have issues right now. Yeah, you, you still want to try it though. In a for a three hour show, if yeah. I like starved myself, ooh, I could eat a whole box. How many are in a box? I could eat a whole. I think it's eight. like six or eight. I could eat a whole box. Shouldn't be a problem. Get me some coffee. You've done the Krispy uh, Kreme challenge though too. I have. I did it under an hour, and I did not throw up. Uh, that's amazing. I, I sometimes I go between what is my greatest athletic achievement, and I don't know oh, if it's. Yeah. I don't know if it's doing the Krispy Kreme challenge without throwing up in under an hour, or doing the beer mile by myself in ten minutes. Mm, yeah, but Ooh, you were still mile. shamed by superhuman penholderness. Oh yeah, shout out, yeah. <laughs> shout out to penholderness who that day I'm like I'm sitting here like freaking out. Like, so I did this in ten minutes. I, did I didn't throw up. Amazing. <laughs> penholderness lapped me. Literally lapped human. me. I think he did it in just around six minutes. <laughs> Because he can drink a hell of a lot faster than me. Show man. off. He really is a show off, and he's <laughs> handsome. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline from CBS, Pick six, Pick 6 Podcast. Can I talk all of a sudden? Jeez, I need my coffee. Ryan Wilson, 
joining us now here on the OG. Ryan, what's going on, man? I'm great, guys. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I, I guess I need the I need I should have brought the Cuban coffee maker today. That that actually would have gotten us going today. Uh, maybe it would get us going like Tom Brady keeps yelling at his teammates. I, I feel like that's where we're at right now with all things Tom Brady. It's compelling television mainly because he's going to be seen in slow motion, really, really mad. That's why you keep putting Tom on TV. Yeah, and you know. It's, it's one of those things, like I grew up in North Carolina and I, I was a UNC fan and hated Duke. And then that one year, I think it was 95 when Coach K couldn't coach because of his back injury. Yeah. He actually hated Duke a little less as a Carolina fan because they, they weren't 100%. And it almost feels like that with Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady was so easy to hate for most of the 20 years because they just won year after year. And they did it in ways that sometimes made you angry if you were a fan of an AFC team. And other times you, you couldn't believe they pulled it off. And now we're seeing Tom and his skills aren't necessarily diminishing, but he's on a team that let's be honest, stinks. Like they're yep. straight up terrible and the frustration's coming out and you get it. There's a reason that Tom Brady wanted to go somewhere other than Tampa Bay in the off season. And, and when all the, you know, when, when the game of musical chairs was up, he just basically had to come back to Tampa Bay. He does not want to be there. You get the sense. And you know, I don't know if he's going to retire. I, I sort of feel like he should, but if he comes back, I would imagine it's going to be somewhere else, but this team, yeah, they're in first place. And they're in first place because that division stinks. But, you know, our, our buddy Will Brunson talks about this on the Pick 6 podcast all the time. He says, you don't want to go to Tampa Bay in, in January in the playoffs. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, actually, because- in this case, and actually, I don't even know. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm, I'm at the point. Wow. Now, I don't think they're going to win the division. They're not going to win the division. No. I think wow. I think the Carolina, I think I think the, the Buccaneers are so bad <laughs> that it is entirely, and, and Tom Brady as the games move on. I mean, look, Jillio and I talk about this all the time. When he was suspended for deflategate, it was the greatest thing that ever could have happened to him because he had that four games off freshness. And because you see a decline, a steady decline in Tom Brady's ability to get the ball where it needs to be as the season grinds on. At some point, the age is going to catch up to him. And I think that cliff has finally arrived, whereas the Carolina Panthers seem to be trending in the right direction. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I mean, Sam Newton, Ham Darnold, is is looking good, right? Uh, who maybe was always coaching for Sam Darnold, but you know he had to deal with Adam Gase. He had to deal with Matt Rule. Who knows? Maybe things are going in the right direction for the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to win the division now. Yeah, I think they went out and they're in. Is that right? Yes. They yeah. got games remaining against See, I don't the Buccaneers. Know how they went out though? They got games <laughs> remaining against the Buccaneers and the Saints. Actually, I think they can. I think just beating the Buccaneers and the Saints will get it done. But anyway, potentially. But, yeah, it's interesting because. I, Man, I bet it was five weeks ago I was on radio in Charlotte talking about the draft because the Panthers were sideways. And, you know, no one was like, oh, you're you're crazy talk to bring up the draft at this point. And here we are. So shout out to Steve Wilkes. Shout out to Sam Darnold. Uh, shout out to that organization for not giving up because it would have been easy just to, to throw in the towel after Matt Rule left and after uh, Baker Mayfield was sent on his way and P.J. Walker didn't work out. It was one thing after the next. So the resiliency is there. Now, we'll see what happens in the offseason with David Tepper, what he wants to do. But – it's a fun story, and it's one of those stories you look for in December heading into January about, okay, how can this throw a monkey wrench in, into things? And I think, look, man, I'm not going to say there's no way that the Panthers can't win the division because, to your larger point, Tampa Bay is not a good football team. And if nothing else, it'll be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Ryan Wilson, the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports, joining us here on the Heastro Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Elias. I'm Joe Giglio. The one roadblock I see, Ryan – is actually the hottest team in the NFC, not named the Philadelphia Eagles. Are the Lions just healthy? Is the Goff stretch just back on his ish? Like, what is going on with the Lions? Why are they suddenly 
one of the two or three best teams in the NFC right now. I'm going to give uh, all, you know, people say I'm going to give all praise to, to God. Or I'm going to give all praise to Dan Campbell. Like that dude, I feel like we didn't know what to expect when he talked about biting kneecaps at his interesting press conference. Like, okay, yeah. this yeah. guy's a professional wrestler. I don't know if he can coach football, but he's going to be entertaining. <laughs> and it turns out he can coach football too. And I've always said, like, I don't know if he's an X's and O's guru, but it feels like he convinces those players to run through walls and they're willing to do it. It just took a while to get there. Um, the defense was not great to start the season, and they felt like they turned a corner. And I think it was very telling that the Vikings went into Detroit as as underdogs last week, the 10-2 and two Vikings at the time, and they got their doors blown off. Jared Goff is clearly outplaying Matthew Stafford, even before the injuries, I felt like. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the last month or so in the NFC with the consistency with which he's played, not making the silly turnovers. And what we've seen this year is that the, the Lions have been able to score points, but the last 25 minutes of a football game, their defense just allows the other team to, to go crazy and either catch up or, or just uh, overtake them. Um, but I think now that defense is tightening up and they're making plays and they're playing with a lot of confidence – that would be another fun story. We're talking about the Panthers. Like, what if the Panthers? I don't yeah. know if both can get it, but the Panthers and Lions somehow make their way into the playoffs. That would be a fantastic, Jeez, uh, that would be sort of curveball that no one saw coming. You know, even like two weeks ago. I'm so. sure the TV people would be ecstatic. That yeah. was exactly what I was thinking about. It's like, man, they're already looking at bad Monday Night Football numbers. They're going, oh, geez, we got to deal with Panthers and the Lions in this situation. I wanted to stay with the NFC though because the Eagles, they look good. It's it's one of those. It's it's almost like. You can understand the NFC isn't the better of the two conferences. What was the point differential that you pointed out uh, in the NFC the yeah, other day? There's only four teams four. in the whole NFC that have a plus point differential wow. right now. So one of the things that I, I can still do in, in watching how the Eagles are playing, and, and you've got a league MVP in Jalen Hurts right now. You've got wide, you got A.J. Brown. You know Everybody wants to talk about what Tua Tungavailoa has. People want to talk about how Patrick Mahomes is going to get, get these things done. I look at the Eagles' offense, man, and they're cooking right now. They can keep, they can compete with anybody. And not only that, they, the thing with Nick Sirianni early on last year, which was his first year as head coach, it felt like he fell in love with the, the pass game, and he leaned into that, and it didn't work. And he said, you know what? I got to mix, mix this up. He and Luke Getz, the OC. And that's exactly what they did. And, oh, by the way, you have Jalen Hurts, who is really good at running the football. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in a great way. I, I, I tell the story often, but I was talking to – uh, an assistant uh, offensive line coach in the NFL when Jalen Hurts was coming out of the draft. And he said to me, he said, Jalen Hurts actually was one of the best running backs in the Big 12 his last year in Oklahoma. And he meant that in the mo best possible way. And we see that week in and week out. And Jalen Hurts is actually really good at throwing the football. He's incredibly accurate. And it just goes to show when you go through the draft process, I remember being at the Senior Bowl watching Jordan Love and Justin Herbert. Those were the guys everyone cared about. No one was paying any attention to Jalen Hurts. Uh, and it, in some level, it was disrespectful. And I think he took that personally and he used it as motivation or whatever, but he landed in the right spot, which has to happen with these quarterbacks. They built the team around what he does well. And then they have players. Howie Rose from the GM has done a fantastic job of surrounding him with players from one to 53 on that roster who can compete. And we're seeing the, the, the fruits of that so far. And there are not a lot of holes in this team. Now, I don't think they're better than Buffalo in, in, or Kansas City. But they can beat those teams. But as you sit here, I think they're the number three team in the entire NFL and clearly the best team in the NFC, and I don't even know who would be a close second. Ryan, you mentioned some contenders there in the NFC and the AFC. You left one out, though, and I am the I, I think the most powerful force in the universe is losing the Super Bowl. So I was fully prepared for the Cincinnati Bengals to start in the tank and finish in the tank. 
Somehow they transferred that to the Rams, and the Rams won the Super Bowl, and they're the team in the tank. And lo and behold, look who's been the best team in the AFC over the last month. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. This isn't just Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase, is it? I, I, I feel like, just like last year, their defense is clicking at the right time. Absolutely. And no one really talks about that defense for the reasons you mentioned, with Jamar and, and Burrow and Tyler Boyd and and um, uh, T. Higgins, all those guys, Joe Mixon. I mean, you just go down the list offensively, and, like, this team is unstoppable. And I fell for it. Like, I'm a, I'm a Steelers fan, and week one, the Bengals didn't look like themselves. They lost no. to the Steelers somehow. Here's the thing. When you have an appendectomy, apparently it affects your ability to play football. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> so you mean Joe you Burrow emergency gets... <laughs> surgery, and you weren't ready to go the next day. Weird. Who knew? So <laughs> Joe Burrow gets healthy. He gains back the 15 pounds or so that he lost, and he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That guy plays with the sort of confidence that you want to see in every young NFL quarterback, and very few are capable of showing, at least in the first three or four years. And either by that point, you're you're going to wash out as a second, you know, you're going to be in the backup, or you're going to be on the path to be, uh, you know, the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning's, uh, Drew Brees of the world. And Joe Burrow feels like the latter category, and mm-hmm. that's so incredibly important. But as you mentioned, that defense is legit. They're young, they're fast, they're physical, they make plays. They play with a ton of confidence, and they know, look, if we give them a touchdown on the first drive, doesn't matter. We got Joe Burrow. We'll come back out there and get him on the second drive, third drive. And also, if you beat the Chiefs three times in the calendar year, you're a good football team. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, none are fluky. That. Not yeah, one not, was yeah, fluky. Not, not a single one of them is fluky. Ryan Wilson, CBS, covers the NFL Pick 6 podcast here on the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obies. We'll clo- close on this. Have the Dolphins been exposed? Is, uh, is Tua – Easy to understand now if you just get everything off schedule for him and make the throws difficult. I'm laughing because I think two is a good quarterback, but I think part of the issue is Mike McCar- uh, Mike McDaniel, excuse me, whose previous job title was literally run game coordinator, refused to run the ball against the Chargers mm-hmm. on a team that didn't have Bosa or, or Derwin James and can't stop the run when those guys are out there. Look, I get falling in love with 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 Tyreek and, and Jalen Waddle. That makes a ton of sense, and we've seen Tua do a lot of great things. But my bigger concern is not figuring that part out because Mike McDaniel is a smart guy. My bigger concern is in Los Angeles, they brought heaters to the sideline when it was 55 degrees. This week they play in Buffalo. Three weeks from now they play in New England. Yeah, yeah. G- Gilio and I, I, I actually brought that up. I said, oh, you know, Buffalo fans were all annoyed because the Bills were sitting on the hot side, the not shady side of Joe Robbie Stadium. Yeah. And in September, I think the on-field temperature hit like it cracked 100, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting here laughing as somebody who grew up in South Florida and watched the Buffalo Bills com- always torture the Miami Dolphins in the 90s. It was like, do you understand what happens later in the season and how weak this dolphin the dolphins will freeze? So it's like stop it already. So yeah, that that, that sounds about right. I literally that sounds about called right. them a sunny day team. So. Literally. <laughs> literally. Literally. We we overuse the word literally. This is the correct usage of the word yes. literally. Yes. I didn't realize they brought heaters to a dome. Yeah, 55 I mean, people, degrees. People people want to go dominant That's mascot awesome. theory all the time. Dolphin do, dolphin doesn't do well in freezing temperatures, man. It's just what it is. It's so is good. Ryan Wilson, CBS Sports. We appreciate the time as always, man. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, guys. When you earn your degree online at Arizona State University, you get everything the nation's most innovative university has to offer. The same internationally recognized faculty, the same nationally ranked programs, the same degree. Learn more at asuonline.asu.edu.